0: not sure if you can hear me, there we go, I want to welcome you here this evening, glad that you're here. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's wonderful to uh, to be able to, this is our third one this afternoon and we still got another one to go tonight and it's wonderful to look around and just to see all the folks that are able to attend and be with us this afternoon. Appreciate you being here and I, I want you for sure to feel welcome, we're glad that you're here, it's very important to us that you do see Christ uh, through all that we're doing. Uh, In just a moment, uh, we're going to go ahead and we will, um, we got a Christmas message for you before we get there. A couple of things, though, that might make it more um, easy for you to understand and to follow along. On your seat when you came in should have been this book right here, and inside the book, if you open it up, are a few things that might be of interest to you. The very first page is just uh, our Christmas greeting to you. The second page are the notes for tonight. And If you want to follow along through the notes, I would encourage you to do that. If you go past that... Uh, There's information on having a relationship with God, and so we'll be talking about that tonight, but if anything I say you have further interest in, if you take this book with you, it's our gift, you'll be able to find it in there, and then on the last page is just some information about our campuses, and maybe you live by one and didn't realize it, or maybe this is the first time you've been able to attend, and you'd like to be able to become a part of it further, there's information on that, then also this card is inside of the booklet, and at the end of the service, I'm going to refer back to this, so hang on to it, it'll become relevant to you in a few minutes. All right, Uh, I begin every one of our Christmas services with my annual Christmas joke. When Pastor Terry got up here, he's much better at this, it's not my thing necessarily, but let me give you the four phases of Santa Claus in a person's life. The four phases. First one, you believe in Santa. The second phase, you don't believe in Santa. The third phase, you are Santa. Anybody here relate to that one? And the last and final stage, you look like Santa before it's all said and done. <laughs> my my daughter, my middle, Katie, who is five months pregnant, she was at our house earlier this week, and I happened to be standing in a t-shirt. She walked up next to me and she said, Dad, I think you're gonna deliver before I do. Look at that right there. And so I waited till tonight, I absorbed the shock of hearing that for the last few days, and I waited till tonight to be able to shame her publicly in front of everybody (laughs) about that. And as I did that, in the last service, a woman walked up to me and said, it does look like you're going to give birth before she does. (laughs) This is actually from Good Living, so leave me alone. All right. If you grab your notes real quick, listen, we've been in a series that we've done this Christmas, and we titled our series Simple, just the word simple, and the idea behind it was this, that we're hoping for people to be able to enjoy simplicity, to experience or to find simplicity in a very complicated world inside of a very complicated season. Now, maybe you're here right now, and you're just like, you don't understand. There is no peace right now. I'm sort of enduring and I'm sort of just trying to make it through the next couple of days and then maybe there'll be an opportunity to find simplicity. And I would say to you just the opposite, that somehow, some way, the very pure, clear, wonderful message that God has for us, somehow, that's the thing that gets messed up. And that's what we're trying to achieve in our series in simple. It's to bring back the clarity of the message that God has for us. Now, the scripture that I'm using comes from 1 John. And if you look at the notes, you can follow along with me. When John wrote this, by the way, let me just say this uh, John has a way. In fact, he referred to himself, of all the disciples, John refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Can you imagine? And the reason John does that, it's not an ego issue. John and Christ had a very intimate relationship with each other, they were very good friends. And John experienced something with Jesus that when he wrote about it, He could write about him in a very intimate way. He knew him in a way that no one else did. So when John describes Jesus and the work of Jesus and what Jesus meant to the world, John writes in terms that make the message so clear. So in 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, here's the simple gift. When we talk about a simple Christmas and enjoying and finding simplicity in a complicated world and season, here's the simple gift that God gives to us. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9, God showed his love for us by sending his only son into the world. Here's the reason why. So that we might have life through him. What a simple message it really is when you come all down to it. It comes down to two things. One, God loves us. And two, God wants us to live our lives through that love. And here's my question. How is it that such a simple message gets so convoluted during this time of year? How is it that the very simple message of God loves us and wants us to live our lives through that love, how does that message get so unfocused, so fuzzy, so distant away from us during this season? I'm not sure why that happens, but I know that it does. In the notes, I put a couple of thoughts down here that maybe help to explain that. I got with my teaching team earlier this week and we sat down and we talked about what we would do for this service right here. And I asked them the very question that I'm asking you, why is it that so many people miss the simple truth of God's message that he loves us and that he wants us to live our lives through his love? We bantered back and forth and we came up with a lot of different reasons and here's what we did. We took that message and made it complicated, and I actually took the notes and threw it away because I said the very thing we're trying to do is to keep this simple. And I went home and I was flipping through the channels and a commercial came on TV, and forgive me for being a product of the environment that I live in, but it was a Sears commercial. And it was the perfect commercial to what I'm trying to describe. Now, let me make this this, this one exclusion. I don't work for Sears. I'm not being endorsed by Sears. If there's anybody here that's an executive with Sears, I do like your tools, and you could send it to my house afterwards. But this is not anything that I'm being paid for. I simply think it helps to explain the idea that when we can't see things clearly, stuff gets messed up. So watch this. Here, kitty. Miser, here, kitty. Oh, just come snuggled with mama. It's a good girl missing something? Now at Sears Optical get two pairs of glasses for $99.99 or take a year to pay with the Sears card That's life well spent Sears Optical, don't miss a thing Good night Mama's girl <laughs> How many Christmas, all the messages that are going to go around the world how many are going to use that commercial for their Christmas message? I want you to know, welcome to JFC Here's the thought How is it that such a simple message can get so obscured? How does it get so messed up? And I put in your notes right here, there's a scripture that I want you to see that I think helps us to understand. Paul wrote these really powerful words in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, look at this, the veil is taken away. I think that many times in life, here's what we think. We think that God knows where we are. God knows how to get our attention. And if he really wants to do anything with me, he'll tap me on the shoulder and suddenly I'll see. And here we have Paul telling us that when we turn towards the Lord, then the veil can be removed so that we can see clearly. I'm going to throw out something to you that I think might be God tapping you on the shoulder. For a lot of you, you're at this service right now for maybe one of two or three reasons. Maybe you attend our church... And this is part of your regular activity, and you're just doing this because it's part of your Christmas normal daily event when it comes to Christmas Eve. I would submit to you that this is not just part of a regular routine, but that God himself is trying to cross paths with you right now to get you to look at him so that he can remove anything that makes it fuzzy between you and him. Maybe some of you were here because you're invited as a guest. Maybe you've been told we're going to eat tonight and you can't eat unless you come to church with us. So you're here for that reason. I get it. Maybe you're here and you think to yourself, I've only come because I'm being kind to someone. I don't even believe or if I do believe, I'm not sure what I believe. But you think to yourself, you know what? Uh, it's very unclear to me. How about this? Could it have been that God has been trying over and over, and this is one more attempt for him to cross paths with you so that you'll look at him so that he can remove a veil from your eyes so that you can see clearly. Is it just possible that none of it's an accident and that all of it's been preordained and very planned by God? My question to you is, are you in a situation where you want to turn to God? Do you want to be able to see Do you want to know what he has for you? Let me give you an example. I'm not sure that every 15 year old is as cognizant as what I'm about to tell you. I'm not sure that when I was 15, every day I was as cognizant as what I'm about to tell you. But there was a time in my life when I was 15, in the middle of the night, two or three o'clock in the morning, I actually said these words out loud God, why am I here and what do you want me to do? I got up out of my bed and I went to look for a Bible. Now it was hard for me to find one at that time, I'll tell you why. We were a C and E family. Do you know what that is? Christmas and Easter. That was the time we thought about God, otherwise we didn't go to church. And it took me a little while to get my hands on a Bible, but I went back to my bed, and I flipped through the Bible, and I asked the question, why am I here? What do you want me to do? And I landed in the book of Luke, chapter 4, and this is what it says. It was actually a prophecy about Jesus, but it said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Because he's anointed me to preach the good news. And as soon as I read it, because I had looked at him, a veil came off of my eyes. And I'm telling you folks, as sure as you can see me and I can see you, as sure as you can hear me and I can hear you back right now, listen to me. I knew that I knew that God told me, I have called you to preach the gospel for me. I knew that he told me that. It was clear in my eyes. It was clear in my ears. It was clear in my head. I didn't know what to do with it. I was so excited. I went and I woke up my mom. I said, I just heard God talk to me, and I don't know what to do. And she goes, I don't know either. (laughs) So she said, we need to find a preacher. Where do you find a preacher without an internet? No such thing during those times. Yellow pages, remember? We started in churches under A, and the first church was an Assembly of God church. So I called up the church, I got a hold of the secretary, I told her my name, and I said, I need to make an appointment with the pastor about preaching. I think the guy thought maybe I wanted a job So he gave me time And I went and I sat down with him And I told him of my experience I said the other night I talked to the Lord And I said to him why am I here What do you want me to do I read this I heard him call me to preach What do you think And the pastor looked me in the eyes and said Son God doesn't speak to people that way And it killed me What was so clear to me 30 seconds before that, suddenly became so fo- foggy and fuzzy and, and, and distant. That, that's the best word I can say. Something that was so in front of my eyes suddenly was a million miles away. And I remember getting up, I thanked him for meeting with me, and I left his office, and for the next seven years of my life, I did everything the opposite of what God had told me to do that night. I graduated high school, went to college, met my wife, we got married, we started our family, and at 22 years old, I went to work for a car leasing company. It was when car leasing was becoming a a new thing, a very popular thing, and I did really well at it. Believe it or not, at 22, I was offered to become a regional manager over an entire state, and I was really excited about that because we were really poor. And I remember going home, and my boss came to me, and this is what my boss said to me. She said, I'm not supposed to tell you, but you got the promotion, and in the next 48 hours, they're gonna announce this to the company, announce it to you, and you are the guy who has this. And I went home and I told Chris, can you believe it? We have two little ones at the time, Amy and Brent, and I'm so excited about where my life is going. And I sat down that night, right before going to bed, and it was almost as though God himself came and sat next to me. And this is what he said, you're not going to get the promotion, in fact, the next two days are going to be very difficult for you, but fear not, I'm with you. Twelve hours later, listen to this, I didn't get the promotion and my job was eliminated from the company. So not only did I not get the promotion, I lost my job. What was a celebration turned into a morning, and not just a morning, I'm a man without a job, with two small children, and no direction, seemingly. But it was in that moment that I turned again towards God, and the veil was removed. And the Lord reminded me, it doesn't matter what a person says to you, it matters what I said to you. What are you going to do with it? And everything that had gotten in the way, the last seven years of the way I lived my life had gotten in the way of what God had called me to do. And suddenly, God picked me up from that point and gave me a chance to pursue what he told me to do. Chris and I immediately, we started attending a church, and we went to the pastor, and we said to him, we are here, we are able, we want to get involved. That guy, by the way, is Terry Hilgers. Pastor Terry, who now works for me. My, how the tables turn. You know what Terry did for me? Terry was one of the few people in life who could look at me and not see me for what I was, but could see me for what I could be. And to Terry Hilders, I will forever be grateful to him for having that kind of insight with me. Chris and I just began to follow God and to pursue him. And every opportunity he gave us, we did. We went to school. We worked at ministries. We did it as joy unto the Lord and not to find any position. And one thing led to another. And here we are 30 years later. And I want you to look around for a moment. Because if you don't believe in dreams, what do you call it? I have no other explanation for it except for this. When you turn to the Lord, he'll remove the veil. Now, here's what some of you are hearing. Turn to the Lord to see what he has in his hand. And that's the wrong concept. Turn to the Lord to see his hand stretched out to you. Turn to the Lord so that he can remove the veil from your eyes and you can see how much he loves you and that he wants you to live your life through that love. All right, so maybe you're here... And that's where you find yourself this afternoon. Maybe you're a person who's never turned to God before. And maybe it's been very foggy in front of you. And maybe you've said things like, I don't even know if I believe. And suddenly, when someone stands up and begins to talk about Jesus, it can become very clear. And you can hear God speak to you. And you can hear it in your heart. And you can see it in your head. And you know he's talking to you. What will you do with that? Do you want to turn to God? The other person I would say something to right here would be probably the majority of you. The reason that you're here in this room this afternoon is because you already have turned to God and he already has removed the veil. You love him. You've given your heart to him. And he lives clearly inside of you. But I would say this to you. It's just as important for that person to understand this as it is for the first person. The simplicity of the Christmas message is really a clarity issue. The very next verse in 1 John is verse 10, and it reads this way. This is what love is. Not that we have loved God, but that He loves us and sent His Son to be the means by which our sins are forgiven. Here's my two questions. If you fall into that second group, How many of you use readers or cheaters? You've got a pair at home or with you right now? Raise your hand. Let me Just just be honest with me, right? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you're probably 30. God bless you. When you're 50, we'll mock you too. But now, here's what happened to me. On or around my 50th birthday, I had to start buying these. In fact, it's really funny because I bought one, two, three pairs because not only did my eyes go but my mind went too and so every room I walk into I have to be able to lay my hands on where they are. Here's, here's the question. How many of you use them and what's the benefit of having them? The benefit is that as soon as you put them on you can see clearly what before you had to strain at or pull so close or try to guess. The moment you put them on Clarity comes again, doesn't it? Look at me. The very thing that the enemy wants to take from a believer during this time of year is the simple clarity of the message that God loves you and that he wants you to live your life through his love. And look at this. Here's what the Bible says. This is what love is. Not that we love God, but that God loves us and sent his son to die for our sins. Look at me real quick. What is it about a person after they're in a relationship with God for a while, that the substitution of just enjoying his love happens and they begin to measure how they're doing by what they're doing, by how much they're loving him, by how much they go to church, or how much they give, or how much they pray, or how much, what happens to us. I would say to you it's the very same message that I would tell a person who's never looked at God. It's the clarity or the simplicity of the message. God loves you. And he wants you just to simply live your life through that love. What I would pray for you, if you're a person who's already turned to the Lord, he's removed the veil, but somehow that love, that enjoyment, that fulfillment, that, that just, I, I, I just, I found life has been taken from you. You find yourself enduring rather than enjoying. You find yourself going through the motions rather than actually touching and feeling. What what I pray for you, that God would make it clear in your head again, the message of Christmas, that Jesus loves you and that he wants you to live your life through that love. So what's left to say? I come to the end of my message and it would just be, would you pray with me right now? Will you bow your heads? Father, in my mind when I teach this, I felt like there would be two people who would hear the message. There would be those, God, who have already come to a relationship with you, and there would be those, God, who have never looked at you before. I felt, Lord, when I said those words that there would be people who for the very first time would have an opportunity to turn to God and have the veil removed from their eyes. Listen to me. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I'm not asking you if you want to join church. I'm not asking you if you wanna be good. I'm not asking you if you need to reform. I'm not asking you if you wanna find religion. I'm asking you if you wanna turn to God and you want to see him. I'm asking you right now if you need God's mercy and you need God's love and you need God's life. I'm asking you if you can see clearly that Jesus is the way that God has sent for us to enjoy his freedom, his love, and his life, and you would like to have that in your life. If you say, Pastor, that's me. I've never asked for that before, but as you're talking about it, I can hear God speak to me. Like you said, it becomes clear. If that's you, I will not embarrass you. I will not ask you to stand. I won't parade you around, and no one will do anything weird to you. But if that's you, when you say, Pastor, remember me when you pray this evening, because I want to turn to God. I need him. I've not done that before. I want his mercy. I want his love. And what you say, I can hear him right now. If that's you, pray for me. Would you raise your hand right now and just say, pray for me, John. Yep, I see you. You bet. Sure. Anybody else? Just pray for me. Sure. Thank you. Ladies, I see you. Yep. Folks, I see you. Okay. Put them back down. Second group. Maybe this one's more applicable to the majority. You've turned to God who knows how long ago. Maybe it's been years and years and years and God removed the veil and was very good to you. But somewhere in the midst of time, you've lost the clarity of the message. The simplicity of God loves me and he wants me to live my life through his love. And in fact, anything else except that has become where you're at right now. Just like I said earlier, you endure instead of live. You tolerate instead of celebrate. And what I would pray for you is that God would again renew your sight so that you can see clearly, so that you know that you know that the message clarity the simplicity belongs to you and you experience that and if you say pastor that's me and remember me when you pray I want you to raise your hand real quick too I think that probably covers yeah I knew folks when I wrote it I knew I knew it was me father I pray then for these two people for the ones who for the very first time look to you right now would you be good to us and would you remove the veil that keeps us from seeing Jesus clearly Would you take anything that's in the way, out of the way right now so that we can gaze fully on your face and appreciate your beauty right now? God, would you cause us to know your love and your grace and your mercy? And would it not just be about a Christmas program, but would we really come to know tonight the very love of God? For the second group, I pray this. I pray for all the busyness, for all of the trouble. For all of the heaviness and for all of just the hectic, all the things that make it fuzzy sometimes, that cause us to lose the life of God, would you refocus our minds, our ears, our hearts on you so that we clearly enjoy, we clearly are able to experience Jesus. The Christmas Eve is not just the one that we got through in 2014, but it was the one where God renewed his love in my heart again and I so enjoyed his presence Father do what only you can do bring life to us and I pray that now in Jesus name amen amen hey on your seat was this book inside of it was the card and if you would do me a favor would every one of you grab this card and just get it out real quick every person in the room doesn't matter if it's your very first time here or if you've gone to Jubilee since we started from day one get this card out There's two sides to it, one side at the top is red, the other side is green. On the green side, we wrote down this question, or this statement, I wanna follow Jesus, and then two things, today, my eyes were opened and my heart received Christ. Or below that, I renewed my commitment to focus on Jesus. I'd like if one of those were one of the two things that you prayed for, would you do us a favor and fill this out? Because there is information in the next couple of weeks that we want to be able to get to you depending on where you are on your spiritual journey that we feel like would be very helpful to you. On the other side of it, it just simply says this, I'm new here. Let's say that this is your first time or maybe your second or third time and you say, hey, I'd like to be a part of what you're doing or I'd like more information. Here's how we'll get it to you. If you'd be kind enough to fill this out for us, then we will make sure that we will send you the appropriate information for being new and finding out the next step of what it would mean to become a part of Jubilee. Now, I wanna promise you two things. One, we will not sell your information. Two, nobody will show up at your house. We will contact you though. We will send you the information that you asked for. I'd like you all to take a moment, fill it out right now. And then here's what I want you to do. Take the book with you when you leave this afternoon. This is our gift to you We printed it. We put it together. With you in mind, we want you to have it. The card, I want you to put on your seat and leave it there. It's for us. We'll pick it up. And as I said, I promise, we will not sell your information. No one will do anything weird by showing up at your house, anything like that. But if you request anything that's on there, we want to make sure that we get it to you and get you in the appropriate place that you requested on that. Listen, before we're done, we've got one more really fun thing. Our kids, and this is part of our kids' worship team, all together, have put together a song that I think you're going to find really joyful and a lot of fun. And I'd like you to do me a favor. Would you put your hands together and welcome our kids as they come to the platform right now?